0: Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer, I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive into all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What The Bump. Today we are gonna be talking about super sperm, but really we're basically just gonna be talking about sperm quality. And I decided to do this episode because I feel like when couples are struggling to get pregnant, a lot of people instantly look at the woman and assume that something is wrong with her and recommend, you know, more testing and things like that down the road as far as the female side goes. So a lot of women are often the first ones to jump down that rabbit rabbit hole of how they can increase their fertility, how they can better track ovulation to get pregnant, and how they can figure out any possible way to increase their chances of getting pregnant. And all the things are great. I'm not saying like, Don't do that if you're having trouble getting pregnant or if you've been trying for a little while. Of course, look at what you can do to increase the odds of you getting pregnant. But today, I want to touch on some things that you can also have your partner do during this time to help the process of conceiving along on his end. So let's just first start off with talking about how we actually measure sperm quality. Sperm quality is measured in three different ways. They first look at the quantity, which is obviously the amount of the sperm. So you're most likely to be more fertile if you ejaculate and the semen is discharged in a single ej- ejaculation, which I guess they say an average contains about 15 million sperm per milliliter. And that's a lot. Obviously, the less sperm we have in that ejaculation makes it more difficult to get pregnant because then there are fewer fewer sperm to fertilize an egg. There are fewer candidates to actually fertilize the egg. So number one is quantity. Number two that you look at when you look at sperm quality is the movement or motility of the sperm. And that's basically just exactly like it sounds. It's how the sperm moves. They basically swim through a woman's cervix, through the uterus, up the fallopian tubes, and try to reach a fertilized egg and try to fertilize the egg. And this is known as the sperm's motility. Now they say, I believe it's like 40% of sperm needs to be moving and needs to have good motility. That's when you are most likely to actually be able to get pregnant and more fertile when at least 40% of that sperm is moving with good motility. The last thing that we look at when we look at sperm quality is the structure or morph- morphology of sperm. That's morphology, <laughs> morphology of sperm. So normal sperm, I'm sure everybody has seen a picture of a sperm at one point in their life, but it basically looks like an oval head with like a long tail. And though that head being oval and the tail, they work together to propel the sperm, to help the sperm move and to help the sperm swim. Now, this isn't as important of a factor as sperm quantity or the movement, but sperm need to have a normal shape and a normal structure that is when you are most likely to be more fertile and I do know um, some couples that I do know who have gone through fertility issues and fertility treatments I have known that you know the the husband will go and get his sperm looked at and they will look at all these things the quantity the motility and then the morphology of the sperm the actual shape of the sperm. So when it comes to men and fertility, the main hormone at play is in the testicles and that is testosterone. Testosterone helps to maintain a men's bone density, their fat distribution, their muscle strength and muscle mass, their distribution of facial and body hair, their red blood cell production, their sex drive, and obviously why we're talking about today, their sperm production you can kind of think of testosterone in a man as estrogen is in a female. You know, estrogen for us women, it dominates all those things. It dominates our bone density. It dominates our body hair and our facial hair. It dominates our sex drive. It dominates our fertility. It dominates our weight distribution. Estrogen basically is the equivalent of testosterone in a female as testosterone is in a male. And before I dive into all the ways to increase a man's testosterone, which is going to increase his sperm quality, there's a couple things that I want to touch on that you need to stop doing. So before we jump into all the things that we can start, let's really quickly touch on a couple very quick things that you need to stop doing if you are a man trying to help your wife get pregnant. A couple things. So obviously, we need to cut out smoking. Now, I'm not saying that you can't you know, be fertile while smoking, you definitely can. But if you're having trouble getting pregnant and your partner smokes, one thing that you really need to consider is taking a break from smoking in the meantime. And usually that will help to increase testosterone and help to increase sperm quality. Drinking alcohol is another one. Avoiding steroids, if you are using steroids, avoiding them can also help your testosterone and your sperm quality. And then avoiding lubricants while you are having sex. And this is because lubricants can affect the sperm's motility, it can slow them down and it can just affect fertilization. So those are the couple things that you need to think about cutting out. So let's dive into the things that a man can add in or just i guess improve to increase the odds of getting pregnant number one this is probably a little bit obvious but it is to become less sedentary more active and to exercise so they found that men who spent 20 or more hours a week in front of the tv had a sperm count that was on average 44 percent lower than men who spent much less time watching tv those who were more physically active also had a 73 percent higher sperm count than those who were more sedentary so being active which obviously in, in this study they looked at the amount of time you hours you watch TV, those are associated with a higher sperm count which means a higher sperm concentration overall. And that was a study done by the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Like always, these studies will be linked in the show notes for this podcast if you want to look at anything yourself. So another thing that goes along with, you know, obviously being more active is going to increase your sperm count. And strength training also is a huge thing here. When we're talking about activity for men, strength training is very well known to increase and to boost testosterone. So that is also something that I would highly suggest to, To men is to obviously become more active and to also consider in the activity category, considering strength training to boost their testosterone. Number two, something that you can do is to supplement with DAA. So that's D-aspartic acid. We're going to call it DAA because that's just a mouthful. But DAA levels are significantly lower in infertile men than fertile men. DAA supplements increase levels of testosterone. There was a study of infertile men that suggested taking 2.7 grams of DAA for three months, increased their overall testosterone levels by about 30 to 60 percent, and it increased their sperm count and their sperm motility by about 60 to 100 percent. The number of pregnancies among these men who were infertile, their partners, also greatly increased. Again, links for studies in the show notes of this podcast. So supplement with DAA. And it didn't give an exact recommendation of the amount, but in this one study, it was 2.7 grams, I believe, every day for three months. Number three is vitamin C and other antioxidants. The main thing about this is helping to fight oxidative stress in the body. So approximately 30 to 80% of infertile cases are caused by actually oxidative stress in the bodies, which decreases the level of antioxidant capacity. The study was aimed to review the effects of oral antioxidant supplements taken and to improve the sperm parameters, such as the sperm concentration or the sperm count, the sperm motility, and the sperm morphology, any DNA damage that the sperm had, and the fertility rate among partners. So they administered supplements such as selenium, vitamin C, vitamin E, and L-carnitine, which are antioxidants, and it led to improved sperm concentration, improved sperm motility, and improved sperm morphology and better DNA integrity. That was a study I found on NCBI, which is a website that I used to pull a lot of my studies from. But vitamin C and other antioxidants are definitely proven to help oxidative stress in the body, which can help to improve the sperm quality. There's another study of infertile men that all took 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C supplements twice a day for two months. This increased their sperm motility, so the movement of the sperm, by about 92% and improved their sperm count by more than 100%. It also reduced the proportion of deformed sperm, which is what the study above, they were talking about the DNA integrity. It reduced the proportion of deformed sperm by about 55%. So that's huge. I mean, that is like very strong evidence for 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C twice a day for two months increasing sperm count by more than 100 percent i mean that that alone is enough to convince vitamin c is great for you anyway so a thousand milligrams twice a day you know there's no no way you can really even go wrong with that some foods naturally if you're like i don't know if i want to take a vitamin c supplement but you're kind of on board with the idea of increasing your vitamin c for fertility reasons vitamin c fruits are going to be citrus fruits so like you know oranges tomatoes potatoes kiwi broccoli strawberries brussels sprouts cantaloupe and red and green peppers so those are definitely some things that you can just try to increase in your diet if you are more so not wanting to take a vitamin c supplement as far as antioxidants go along with this entire study um, dark chocolate walnuts pecans blueberries those are all very good antioxidants that you can get through a food source as well the fourth thing we can do is pretty simple, reduce stress. Obviously, when stress increases in the body, cortisol increases in the body. I don't know if you knew this, but when cortisol goes up, testosterone goes down. Like I said, testosterone is what drives a man's sperm and what drives a man's fertility in general. So we need to reduce stress. That can look different for everybody, you know, yoga, meditation, prayer, exercise even I mean a lot of these things really play into each other so if we're exercising more maybe we're taking some vitamin c you know a lot of these things can work together to to get to the same goal to reduce your stress the fifth tip here is going to be vitamin d so there's a study of 65 men with low levels of testosterone and they were all found to have vitamin d deficiency They started taking 3,000 IUs of vitamin D3 per day for one year, and it increased their overall testosterone level by 25%. And ways that you can get vitamin D if you are not wanting to take a supplement, of course, is going to be fish, egg yolks, and milk. So vitamin D is definitely a great thing that you can add in. And honestly, you know, in in the winter months when we're not in the sun so much, I take vitamin D anyway. I always take vitamin D if I'm not in the sun. I kind of lay off of it in the summer. But taking vitamin D is a great thing to do even in the winter months anyway. Of course, also getting out in the sun is going to help to increase your vitamin D levels. So these people took 3,000 IUs for a year and that increased their testosterone level by 25%. And that's a lot. You know, in the other studies when it was talking about, you know, an increase in sperm count by 100% and motility by 92%, that's talking about the actual concentration of sperm. But testosterone levels to increase testosterone levels by 25%, that's a pretty good amount. Number six is fenugreek. So fenugreek is a popular culinary and medicinal herb. There's a study of 30 men who strength trained four times a week, and they found that taking 500 milligrams of fenugreek extract daily significantly increased their testosterone levels, their strength, and their fat loss when compared to a group who was doing the same strength training but was given a placebo pill, So or placebo extract. They weren't actually given the fenugreek. So... Who's to say really, you know, in this study, was it the fenugreek that they were taking or was it the strength training four times a week that really helped to increase their testosterone levels? But either way, I would definitely consider fenugreek. I honestly have no experience with it myself. I've never taken it or used it for anything, but I have heard about fenugreek when it comes to a man's fertility and increasing testosterone. All right, and the last really two, I kind of grouped them together because they were pretty similar, but ashwagandha and macaroon. I do have experience with both of these. Um, ashwagandha is usually really good. Honestly, it's just used as like a calming effect. It is a plant that has been used for quite a long time. I know a lot of people like in the health world mix it in their coffee. Same thing with root, But There was a study of participants who took 1.7 grams of maca root powder every day for three months, and they had an increased sperm count and an increase in sperm motility. There was no changes to their testosterone levels, however. And there's another study that took about five grams of ashwagandha daily, and that showed increased sperm count and increased sperm motility as well. So those are definitely something that you can try. Honestly, look into ashwagandha and maca root anyway, because they truly do have great benefits. Like I said, I've taken, I've not (laughs) tried to increase my sperm count or my testosterone levels, obviously but I have taken ashwagandha and root, and honestly they do you know ashwagandha does have a great effect for many things and so does root. so definitely look into those either way like I said a lot of these things are completely harmless and something that you can just try you know exercising more reducing your stress taking some vitamin d vitamin c some ashwagandha maybe some makaroo None of those things are going to hurt you. These aren't extreme things, but they are definitely something that if you feel like you and your partner have been struggling to get pregnant or you've been trying for a few months and you're, maybe you're just impatient, these are definitely something that you can have him try. Like I said, they're totally harmless. They honestly will probably benefit his health anyway in the long run. Even if, you know, the, the root of the infertility is deeper than just something with, the sperm that we can easily increase through these dietary and lifestyle changes, these things might help anyway. So obviously you can try all these things and you can still have trouble getting pregnant. This is why, you know, a lot of people have to use IVF and IUI and many other routes to get pregnant. There can be other factors that are impacting infertility that go way beyond something that diet and lifestyle changes can, can, can change. So Like I said, I highly recommend just trying these things. It's definitely a cheap alternative and a cheap way to start out if you are having trouble getting pregnant before diving into going down the road of IUI or IVF. And I also highly recommend that you talk to your doctor and see a doctor to help you guys on this journey. Whether it's you like I said, whether you've only been trying for a few months or you've been trying for a really long time, definitely consult with your doctor even before trying these things and It doesn't help to get further testing if you feel like you guys need it, but I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you can implement a couple of these things, but I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at CLT. Check out our website, whatthebumpclt.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on, and tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.